Hey, thanks for tuning in to the Resilience of the Rocks podcast. I'm your host, Stevie G. This podcast is primarily geared to provide listeners with tangible concepts that they can relate to, as well as using their personal lives. Each episode is unique as we bring down-to-earth guests with many perspectives and practical advice. It's for anyone that needs that nudge to push through life and align with their passions. We hope that you are able to enjoy each episode just as much as we do. Feel free to follow us on all social media platforms and share this podcast with someone you know. Because we all have our successes and failures, but getting through the storm is the most rewarding. So for now, sit back and pour yourself a glass. Resilience on the rocks. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Resilience on the Rocks. As always, I'm your host, Stevie G. And with me today, I'm probably going to mess it up, but I have Alex Lukasevich, also known as Lukasevich, my boy. So a little bit about him before he introduces himself is uh, I actually know him for quite a long time, but we haven't spoken quite a long time. So we actually joined the Marine Corps at the same time. We were in the same platoon during uh, boot camp recruit training, right? Uh, and here we are, you know, 12 years later, give or take. Uh, actually, it's just about 12 years later. And uh, and here we are. I got a hold of him. And now here we are. So, Alex, thanks for uh, coming on the show, brother. Hey, thanks, man. I appreciate it. Uh, so, like Steve said, uh, so, you know, we... Yep, go ahead. No, so we, you know, we met back in 2011 in boot camp, uh, second Italian Fox company, right? Yep. That's it. Okay. All right. Uh, so yeah, born and raised in New Jersey. Um, you know, Trenton, uh, born and raised public school, kind of normal upbringing, lower middle class, um, and decided to go to Marine Corps, uh, enlisted at 17 in, um, the debt program. I love that whole pulley shit for a year. Uh, and then shipped off uh, about 36 hours after my high school graduation. Uh, and then got down to Paris Island. Yeah, I think you know, we graduated in September. Um, after that, headed off to Camp Geiger for SOI. Uh, banged that out. Then uh, they sent me over to the West Coast uh, for uh, reconnaissance training. Was in, I forget it was called RIP then or... March, something like that. It's like Marines awaiting recon training or something like that. Um, during that time, I decided now this wasn't for me. And unfortunately, I couldn't go back to my original unit. Um, they were already out in Mojave Desert getting ready to deploy. And I had I never even technically in process there. So they decided to lap move me for whatever reason. And I ended up in San Angelo, Texas, uh, which is where the crash fire rescue training is for the DOD. Uh, during that time, I got actually hurt. Uh, I had a classmate drop the jaws of life on my foot, uh, shattered my foot, severed a nerve, and to this day, I can't feel 80% of my foot. But um, the pain has subsided over time, but every now and again, it'll still kind of bother me, but it is what it is. Um, after I got out, I went back to EMS, uh, did that for about close to 10 years. And then, uh, my wife and I moved down to North Carolina for New Jersey, um, because she got a job working for Duke university. And at that point I decided to change career fields and get into law enforcement. Uh, I went through the police Academy in 2020 during COVID. It was terrible. Uh, but then I got out and started working as a deputy sheriff for a year and then went over to a different police department, 
where now I'm on patrol and working with the countywide SWAT team. So that's kind of my summary. Oh, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Oh, that's great. That's great. So I'll start with this, right? I always ask individuals like what pushed them or what made them want to join the Marines, uh, one uh, over other branches or just joining the military period. Go ahead and uh, answer that for me, brother. Well, I don't know. I feel like I, I would grew up doing the whole army thing. Like I always wanted to be, you know, some sort of soldier, Marine sailor, whatever I did. Cause I played it all growing up. But when I was in high school, I was like, dad, I want to go into army. He's like, why do you want to do that? I was like, because I want to go fight. He was like, yeah, well, you're going to go fight. Go fight with the best. Go to the Marines. And I didn't really didn't even understand what the Marines were at that point. And then I started, you know, reading every single book I could. YouTube was just getting big then. I was watching every single YouTube, like, recruiting video, all that kind of stuff. And I was all about it, dude. So as soon as I, you know, heard the whole, you know, once Marine, always Marine, like, how the crucible, like, was the hardest thing, um, that, that was what I wanted. I wanted to find the hardest thing and then go for it. At least in my mind, that's, I never really, I didn't come up in a military family, so I wasn't really keen to like the Rangers or SF or I didn't even know what recon was when I was joining. You know what I mean? Um, that Like that's how little I knew about, you know, specialties inside of the military. Um, but all I knew, oh, yeah. knew is I wanted to go fight and the Marines were the way to go. Awesome, man. That's good to hear. So then you were in the Marine Corps for a little while, and then, you know, mm-hmm. it was unfortunate what happened uh, that caused you a medical separation. How did you take that? How was your transition, brother? Honestly, it was it was rough. Um, like I said, I grew up wanting to be a Marine. Uh, my plan was, at least when I signed up, was to do 20, get out, and then do another 20 in law enforcement. I'm tired with a double pension, but, you know, it didn't turn out like that. Oh, so yeah. I was young, and I was dumb. And one of the things, one of the mistakes that I made is I had no backup plan. So like when that, when that happened, I had, I had no idea what I was going to do. I lost my identity and I, I fell into a really bad depression. Like I was only like 19 at the time and I was already, you know, drinking a fifth of rum a night at that point. And it, it got to the point where I drank myself almost to death. Man, let me ask you this, uh, not to interrupt you, but what do you think brought that uh i guess the drinking habit because i have an idea why but what do you think was mainly one of the main reasons that caused you to just drink like it was a uh, water <laughs> well it, for me it was i was a delinquent believe it or not in high school um and you know i, I did a lot of underage drinking then and i knew the, you know the effects i was already knew the effects of alcohol and then obviously being in the marines you know regardless if anybody wants to admit or not there's a lot of underage drinking in the marines and I was all about it. So I, I mm-hmm. knew that it gave me that numbness already. And then at that point, I kind of just doubled down on it. And at least at the time, this was 2012, 2013 or something like that. Um, no one really wanted to talk about, you know, like mental health back then. I mean, it was starting to come around, thank God. But like, I couldn't really go like to like my wife or whatever, my buddies like, hey, man, I'm upset. I really don't know what to do with my life. Like, I was always raised, you know, you had to like have some sort of goal and you need to go get it. You know what I mean? It wasn't acceptable to not know what to do. And it wasn't acceptable to ask for help to get, to figure out what to do. 
Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I agree with you. I would say this, man. I, I talk about it all the time. Marines, number one, and then being a man in, in today's society, I feel like there's a stereotype. It's frowned upon to even raise your hand and say, hey, I have an issue. Hey, I suck. Hey, I need help. Anything. Mm. It's just you have yeah. to be alpha male. You have to shut up in color because you got to keep pushing because you got to be a provider, a protector. Mm. You got to be a Marine above all. And uh, you, and you can stop me if I'm wrong. Do you, you remember leadership telling you, like, you don't got to go to medical. You don't go see the wizard because they're going to kick you yeah. out. It was like all those little stipulations. But then now you could look today to the service members who are in, and thank God this is happening. Uh, they're going to see therapy in the military, yeah. whether it's the Marines or another no. branches. And they're not getting kicked out. It was all a, it was all a lie, brother. Like I remember, yeah. like my gunny looking at me, he's like, "Man, if I go to the doc one more time, they're gonna process me out." I'm like, bro, it's like six years later, and you're still in, about to retire. Like, what are you even talking about? Yeah. But it was. I'm glad it's changing, right? So, um, no, it's. Did you ever? Uh, go ahead, go ahead. My bad. Go ahead. No, I was gonna say I, I 100% agree with that because um, my depression actually started when they first brought up um, being medsept, and so like that drinking habit started in the in the course of when i was waiting to get separated and i i identified that though rather early and i did go to a platoon sergeant who at the time i trusted and i was like hey man i got problems he's like you know avoiding trying to avoid me getting kicked out or anything like that he's like go to the chaplain i'm like okay i went i gave it a shot and i went to the chaplain and i told him everything because that's what i thought you were supposed to do he's like you need to stop drinking yeah. or i'm going to go to your command and I'm like, you got a Marine in front of what? you who's, yeah, you got a Marine in front of you who's telling you that, you know, he's thinking about suicide and you're telling him, you know, pretty much suck it up. Cause you know, at that point I was, I also went to, you know, on base medical, on base mental health. And every single time it was the same thing. I was like, Hey man, there's really nothing we can do for you, but you better kind of shut up or else we're going to have to start doing shit like administratively. So I kind of just got the hand. Yeah, yeah, that's that's nuts, dude. Because uh, I remember, you know, starting my process getting out, and it's like you fill out that form, right? It's like before you talk to the doc, and it's like, mm -hmm. how often do you drink? And like a lot of times, I feel like ninety percent of us are lying. Like I don't drink. Cut I it don't in smoke. half. Smoke. Yeah. Or even no. when I. Nah, yeah, but then I started cutting in half and I put it on paper. And I remember as I was getting out to do some of these appointments, the doc will pull me to the side like, brother, you drink that much? I'm like, I only feel half of what I'm drinking. <laughs> and you think that's yeah. an issue? And then and then to fast forward a little bit more, you do your, like your, your mental, I think it's like a mental appointment before you get out. And I sat with one-on-one mm -hmm. -on -one with this doc and he goes, brother, you're drinking a lot. Like, instead of telling me like, hey man, what's the cause? You know, cause it was probably mm -hmm. gonna lead to my mental health because I probably should have been seeing a psychiatrist. However, he just said, you need to chill the hell out on drinking. Like, slow it down, you're gonna kill yourself. Uh, not even thinking like, okay, what about the mental? Like, why are you doing yeah. this? And I, and I think it's crazy cause most of us, I mean, I, I think we're on the same page is like, we were going through certain times in our lives that cause us to drink excessively. Yeah, it's, it's self-medicating. Neg negatively, you know? Yeah, I know. I absolutely. Yeah. yeah, it's just self-medication. You know, some people do that. Other people do it in more productive ways, honestly. You know, working out can be, you know, self-medication for depression. But at the time, you know, we used what we what we knew, you know what I mean, which was drinking. Yeah, it's uh, it's nuts because, I mean. I feel like in the military, Marines specifically, I mean, we, we have the phrase born in a bar and, and I think we 
we really pride ourselves on how much we could drink, how much we could party. Hey, you know, when we celebrate, yeah. we celebrate hard. When we train, we train hard, which is awesome because yeah. I remember like a, a young buck. Uh, I tell the story to my family all the time. Like, yeah, when I was in Hawaii, it would be like, you know, two, three in the morning and I'm just coming back to base after drinking with my boys. Obviously, I wasn't the one driving, but I'll be getting back mm-hmm. and I'm trashed and I would like change into green on green. And then by 530, I'm in formation and I would outrun all the NCOs and they're like, yo, how do you do that? You smell like Jack Daniels. I'm like, bro, it's just normal. And, and I and I realized that I was a functioning alcoholic and it wasn't affecting me in a negative way until later on in life when uh, it's closer to me getting out, it started affecting my health, the way I look, my, my fitness is down the drain. And then it completely destroyed me when I got out the military, when I'm no longer doing those active things. Uh, how did yeah. it affect you once you got out? I, uh, I gained a whole nother person, man. Um, so I think I enlisted around like 185 roughly um i only remember that because i wrestled 189 in high school but um i think i got down to like 165 just as a reference frame i think that was at the end of soi was like my smallest um my heaviest and this was over a while um i got up to 325 and just to put it a little bit more perspective i'm only five six so (laughs) It's definitely, it was, I almost killed myself doing that. I got, you know, terrible sleep apnea, high blood pressure. I never got tested, but I I wouldn't doubt if I was pre-diabetic or anything like that. Um, And it was terrible. I fell into a terrible depression on top of the depression I was already in. And I just, I got to a place of honestly hopelessness. Man, that's rough, dude. And then... It's affecting you. I see that, right? How does it affect mm. your work? How does it affect your family? Tell me. Well, I mean, it, it affects. Well, at the time, I guess when all when I was still really heavy and drinking, I was doing EMS at the time, and it affected my work. I'm not really sure exactly how that affected my work, other than I was just using alcohol still to numb. Uh, the current traumas I was going through, um, you know, cause y- you know, uh, have you ever been a train at least? Go through at least. Trying? Oh, bro. Yeah. Unfortunately, yes, I've been a train. I don't go there. Yeah, so that's, <laughs> yeah. So that's why I did EMS for about a decade. So, uh, you know, there was gunshots practically every night. Um, and you know, dealing with that for, like I said, 10 years, it, it takes its toll. And again, I had no idea how to deal with my anger. I had no idea how to deal with my anxiety, my depression, or anything else like that other than drink. And that started manifesting in all other different aspects. Um, Like I was definitely getting shorter with my family. I really couldn't enjoy anything if I wasn't drinking. Like if I wasn't at work, I was drinking. And that's the only reason probably why I wasn't drinking at work is because I worked directly with my boss and he would smell it. You know, it's, you're in a confined ambulance. So it's kind of hard to, you know, get away with that. But it, Man. it was affecting every aspect That's of my life. Crazy. So at this point, how long have you been, you know, excessively drinking? How long are you in a deep depression before you realize like, hey, it's, it's time to change something? Uh, so I would probably say um, probably five or six years. It wasn't until like 2019, honestly, that I started getting a change of perspective. Um, and that was honestly, that wasn't even just trying to lose weight. I, at that time I didn't really care, but 
I just wanted to do self-improvement in general. So I just started to get into that whole self-accountability stuff and that kind of just started spiraling from there. Um, and from 2019 until now, you know, I'm down 137 pounds. Man, yeah. So you posted about that. That's crazy. Like, yeah. Literally, what you said is it's a whole other person. Like 135 pounds yeah. is a lot of weight yeah. you're carrying around. Yeah. And then, uh, but like, I guess I'm trying to remember because I know me, right? Like, I had a breaking point where I went to my closet and nothing fit, and I'm realizing the same thing you said was like every single function, every single day. I'm drinking just because, not because, you know, mm-hmm. it's a barbecue and the friend's over, not not because it's Friday night. I'm just drinking because, because I'm not having a good time. I don't feel good if I'm not. But it was like that one yeah. moment I went in the closet and I was like, yo, what's going on? And I realized, right, a lot of what I was doing, my eating habits, the way I was living, the way I was drinking, everything as a whole was affecting me, right? Because that's not the person that I want to look like or be like. But most of all, it was like, what kind of reflection do I want to portray to my family, to my son? I got a three-year-old, man. Mm. And I remember that. Yeah. I was like, yo, he doesn't even know anything about what he sees. He just knows daddy. But in a couple of years, he's going to see the difference between, you know, alpha dad and dad bod mm-hmm. actual. Like, and that's and, and I yeah. just don't want him to see that. So what was your moment? Do you have like that specific moment? It was like, th- that's it. It's time for change. It, it was... It was for my family, honestly, 100%. Like, I think my son was two at the time, and I just didn't. We started doing functions, like, where we brought him to public places with other, like, little kids. You know what I mean? And I was like, holy shit, I'm the fat dad. And I was, <laughs> I was like, I can't do that. And then also, <laughs> it, it was right at that time where I made the decision that I want to get into law enforcement. So I was like, I, I need to start working out because – you know, although I was never a cop before, I was around a lot of them. So I, I did understand the gravity of the job um, slightly before I started doing it. And I did know that it's my obligation to come home to my family. And then how am I going to feel if I'm not training and I die because of that? So that kind of is what sparked this whole thing for me is because like if i'm going to do this i need to not only get in shape but stay in shape and continue this kind of lifestyle and i think that's honestly the biggest thing for me is that i i wasn't trying to lose weight per se like i didn't care about the number that was on the scale when i stepped on it i just wanted to be able to perform my job i wanted to be able to perform as a father and as a husband and losing weight and getting more athletic and getting more endurance that was what i had to do and like i said i just did it day by day and it sucked but eventually it became easier and easier and then the the good things became habits so i just started going from there man i gotta ask you this so i mean that's awesome right the fact that it's time for change and you stepped up and you hold yourself accountable uh what were the steps taking right because you take excuse me what was the steps that you had to take when i say that i mean you had to obviously cut out some drinking, start inputting some workout yeah. time. Uh, obviously, mm-hmm. you were coping with depression with yeah. drinking. So how, yeah. how was that easy transition? Or, I mean, excuse me, not so easy transition, right? So I cutting drinking, honestly, was the best thing in my life, hands down. One, because I was drinking on an easy night, like 12 beers. So like we're talking 1500 calories every single night, 
right before bed. So you're either way, you're, you're, your body's not processing it properly. You know, you have decrease in uh, protein synthesis because you're drinking alcohol. So it was that alone, I was dropping massive weight because of that. Without not even changing any like foods or any other drinks, just not drinking alone, I was dropping massive weight. And then that, seeing the progression, especially so quickly, is what motivated me to keep going. Like, oh, now I'm going to start doing my diet. Now I'm going to eliminate, you know, any liquids that, you know, any liquid calories. And then I'm going to focus more on like a paleo diet or whatever. I, I bounce through them all. They all suck equally. It's honestly about calories in, calories out. But yep. that's the way I kind of, yeah, that's the way I kind of started implementing that. Um, but honestly, the whole mental health thing, got better and worse. It's, it's kind of weird. Um, it got worse because I didn't have that thing to cope with. So when it got bad, it got bad and I didn't really, it was hard getting myself out. Um, before I would just numb it at that point instead of getting out, but this way now I was down there and I still had to feel it. But because I wasn't drinking though, I was also felt better overall for the day to day. So it made when I had those really bad days, a little bit more bearable. Um, but when I started working and getting back into uh, seeing more trauma on the daily basis, my mental health started to tank again. And um, I realized at that point, like over the past three years, I've been so big on my physical health and I never even thought to look inward and realize that my physical health was only that bad. It was because of my mental health. And at that point is when I started, I had some little life events going on at work, which I mean, we can get into, it doesn't really matter. Um, but that kind of sparked me, uh, getting some treatment. Tell me more, tell me more about those events. Uh, so it's, it was pretty much just like the stress, uh, the last few months of work. Um, and it was just a lot of, uh, you know, calls that I've had before on the EMS side, but never really as a cop because it's, it's a little different. Um, but like I had um, like a seven month old who um, unfortunately passed away. Um, they aspirated on their own blood in their sleep. They had a oral surgery done uh, the day prior. And I, was, I had to do uh, CPR on that uh, little baby, unfortunately. Um, and that, that, that stuck with me for a while. And, and that was honestly the first pediatric code I've had since I had my son. So it, it kind of, it, yeah. it took a, a toll on me. And then um, I think the last two weeks before I took um, some time off of work, I got, like, again, I said earlier, I was, I'm on the countywide SWAT team. Uh, we call it CERT down here and just a different acronym. But uh, we got a call out for, um, it was a barricaded subject. Um, long story short, two girls were talking shit over a phone, uh, over texting, one girl said, all right, I'm going to come over and beat you up. And her and her boyfriend roll up and these two guys hop out the trailer and light their car up. Um, so girlfriend gets shot, but in the leg, she was able to get away. Her boyfriend is dead in the driveway. And now we got somebody in the house barricaded. Um, we get called out there. Um, I'm rolling in the barricade. We get out and he wants, uh, the commander wants me to set up a perimeter and I'm posted up on the hood of the, uh, of, of our armored uh, vehicle. And I'm just having my rifle trained on the door. I'm just waiting. Cause we have our interpreter on the, I'm not interpreter. I'm sorry. 
we have our negotiator on the phone trying to get them to come out. Um, but there, there's no luck. And then last thing we know that there was 20 minutes of no contact whatsoever. So we had no idea what, what yeah. to expect. Um, we're going over, all right, do we do a dynamic entry at this point? What are we going to do? And then as uh, they're talking, someone comes out, out of the front door. And I immediately start pulling the, ch- uh, uh, the tension off my trigger. And at the last second, I see something in her hand. And it was a woman. And I see something in her hand. It was a black thing in her hand. I was like, oh, shit, she got a gun. I'm like, here it goes. And I'm pulling it back now, and I'm, it's about to go off. And I was like, oh, shit, that's a house phone. And just, it, it's, I, I, I know it seems, I, I feel really dumb for wanting to, um, like, wanting to kill. Like, when I was, especially when I was younger. You know what I mean? Like, that's, that's the reason why I wanted to join the Marines. I, I wanted to go and shoot terrorists in the face. Um, but it's, it's a little different. I feel like when it's the civilian, you're like, oh, I could have almost taken that, taken that exit, that person's life, like an innocent person. And that was the first time I, I was put into that situation where I was like, that could have got, you know, I could have went to prison. I could have got, you know, my family could have got sued for everything. You know, I, mean? I could have lost everything at that point. Yeah. And not to mention this poor, innocent woman who honestly wasn't even one of the shooters. She was a girlfriend of one of the shooters. So she was completely innocent. And I potentially could have taken her life. So that kind of shook me up. Um, and then um, I think it was like a couple of days before uh, I got, uh, it takes, I took some time off. Um, I got dispatched with a motor vehicle accident. Uh, it was an overturn. And once I got there, there was already a crowd. I don't understand how, but cause it's kind of this uh, country road cause it was just outside of the city limits. And I get there and they're like, oh, there's somebody still in the car. I'm like, okay. So I get there and cars overturn. I can't open the door because the door's dug into the ground. Um, I go on the other side, I smash the window, and I can't. There, there's no chest riding fall. I can't really tell where his head is, but I, I can tell he's not breathing at least. So I go back over to the other side, and I'm able to rip the door open um, and cut the seatbelt off. I drag him out. Uh, his guy, This guy, is, um, his leg is making an L. He has blood pulled in his ears. Like He's, he's gone. He's, there's nothing I can do for him. I, I know that 100%. But going back to um, EMS, um, and I don't know if this is a like a response from previous calls I had like this in Trenton where things would go down differently, but um, I did Hollywood CPR. That's what I call it. I put on a show for the spectators because there was a good 20 of them at this point all filming and asking pretty much what I'm going to do. So I knew there was nothing I can do to fix this guy, but for the sake of everybody else there, I, I, that's what I did. And that kind of that always gets to me because now you're disturbing a body you know what i mean and yeah dude that's not yeah that's yeah so the the i think the weird part though that because that that part didn't get to me i've done that plenty of times before what got to me was that the next morning i had a friend text me and say hey check this out and it was a facebook messenger video of me doing cpr on this guy on the side of the road and i'm like that's that's disturbing, man. You know, it's one thing to like see it, whatever, but it's a different thing to see a video of you doing that kind of stuff. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's kind of disturbing, but it is what it is. Dude, that's, uh, yeah, I don't know how you could deal with it. That's man. Just hearing your story is like putting myself in them shoes. is like, ah, oh, dude, that's, that's a tough spot. So with, with all these scenarios, right. I'm sure it affects you mentally, emotionally, right. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. I always talk about it on here, like, hey, there's so many things you can do. You know, go to the gym, seek therapy, take medication, do yoga, do all these great things. Because there's a million things you could do. Uh, yeah. At this point, from beginning to end, with all this depression and all these changes, you know, losing weight. What do you What are you doing to, I guess, exercise mental fitness versus just suffering? Honestly, right now it's just a lot more analysis. I never, I never analyzed my mental performance the way I do like my physical performance you know what I mean like I would just and then I also analyze my thoughts as they come in now I feel like that's the best because I can identify my feelings before I actually act on it because before something would happen and I would just get pissed off and I wouldn't just get I wasn't angry I was either annoyed or you know, irritated or, you know, inconvenienced that it just resulted in anger because my entire life, that's, that's how, that's how I communicate. You know what I mean? Even in the Marine Corps, law enforcement, it's always, you know, quick and effective communication. Like, you know what I mean? Like you're, you're talking to someone, Hey, do you mind slowing down? No, slow the fuck down, you know, quick and effective. And that just, it being able to actually pick apart your thoughts as they come in, like, okay, why am I feeling this feeling based off of that thought? And then it's like, okay, then you do some more self-reflection and you come to a lot of realizations and that way you're actually able to work through stuff. And trust me, this isn't me just coming up. This is all my therapist, by the way, telling me all this kind of stuff. Like this isn't, I'm not, I'm not some like, you know, introspective person. I just, I got people helping me through this. (laughs) That's awesome, man. And then how long, if you don't mind me asking, how long have you been in therapy? Uh, I've only honestly been in therapy for about like nine months, but it's it has helped significantly. I like that. The reason why I bring it up, uh, I was in therapy for a while and I'm not currently, right? And mm-hmm. I'm open with it. Uh, definitely when I get back, mm-hmm. I just got to set up some time to schedule it. Uh, but when I was in it, it was weird, right? I mean, you could probably agree like that first like one, one to three times you sit down and like, ah. This is kind of weird. This person doesn't know me. And a lot of my veteran friends or anybody, they're like, I don't want to talk to a nobody who doesn't know anything about mm. me. They have a degree, but they don't know me. How are they going to give me some advice? Da, da, da. It's all cookie cutter. I hear all the negative things. But honestly, from my personal experience, I learned a lot about myself. Uh, being able to yeah. like open up and spill my story lets me dissect mm. and analyze my past, my present. And yeah. like, okay, well, now where do I want my future to go? Uh yeah. Would you say the same or what do you what are you getting the what are you getting out of it the most? Um other than analyzing. Just being able to talk. Like honestly, like you like you said with your buddies and stuff like that. I don't I know plenty of people that are saying like I you know, I don't want to talk to somebody unless, you know, they have this why you know, X, Y, or Z. The thing is like there's so many different people out there though, you know what I mean? That like I feel like it's almost impossible to find a therapist that's going to know exactly what you've been through. I mean, your individual story is so specific that I feel like that's a little silly. Yeah. But at the end of the day, me personally, just talking to somebody, period. Like they don't even have to respond. They don't have to even give me feedback. It's it's better if they do. Um, but it just talking about it, at least to me, helps. I, it's just it, – yeah. it's instead of keeping it up in your head, just being able to express it. Even if it's just like, you know, F this, F that, whatever, at least you're getting it out. You know what I mean? Uh, so just being able to offload stuff is good. But also now that I'm talking with somebody, one of the things I am benefiting a lot from it is I'm my therapist gives me pushback. 
on a lot of shit. Mm-hmm. And it makes me, you know, have some self-reflection. I'm like, okay, maybe I am thinking about this completely wrong. Or I didn't, you know, I didn't even consider that kind of thing. And f- that kind of sounds like really simple. But for someone who didn't talk to anybody about any of his feelings, you know, good or bad, it was a whole new concept for me. Oh, yeah. I think uh, the best part of a therapist is like they're on the outside looking in because they don't yeah. know anything about you. They could kind of give it to you. Yeah. Oh, hopefully you have somebody like that because uh, yeah. I don't want nobody around the Very bush. Like, somebody hears my story. Yeah. And they know that I'm doing something that's off the wall. And like, OK, well, this is why you're going through issues. Like, look yourself yeah. in the mirror right here. And I think some people don't like to hear that. <laughs> they don't yeah. want to hear that. No, I like, messed up. But I'll say this, man. So me... Uh, a little bit, right? Uh, three month backstory is like I finally controlled my drinking, right? I said I wanted to start controlling it. I didn't start controlling it. I said I was going to start getting back in shape. I was going to the gym, but I was still drinking and eating trash. So it was zero results. Now, mm-hmm. over the last two months, I'm like, I'm not quitting drinking. I still drink every now and then, but I'm not overdoing mm-hmm. it. I'm not getting trash. I'm not waking over with hangovers. I'm not just excessively drinking and eating garbage at the same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the most part, it's, it's all controlled now. So that feels really good mm-hmm. because now when I'm in the gym, enjoying that gym session i feel like it's a it's a self-talk time for me whether it's on the treadmill or if it's me you know hitting some heavy lifts i'm like talking to myself throughout this whole like hour hour and a half that i'm in the gym and it's more than just music playing in my ears or a podcast that really helps me out it's like a real therapeutic session for me to analyze and understand and process what's going on in my life where am i taking it and it's it's crazy because like we, you, like you said, you was like on top of physical fitness, but a lot of people, when it comes to mental health, they don't correlate it to mental fitness. You have to exercise mm-hmm. your brain and your mindset and your emotions the same way you're exercising your body because it goes hand in hand. It's, it's you yeah. can't get both without one or the other. And uh, it's mm-hmm. crazy because I, I look at that lately and I'm like, man, this is the missing piece, man. Like, because I listen to a lot of podcasts and I read a lot of books and I do all this stuff and, I, and that isn't that doesn't make me heal completely. Like there's a lot of self-reflection that I have to do on my end. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure you, as you're, you know, making these changes and lo- dropping all the weight and getting swole as fuck. Right. Uh, it's definitely helping out. Did I lose you? No, I mean, your, your, your video went out, but you're good. It's, it's probably just okay. uploading. But uh, as I, as you're doing that, I'm sure there has to be times where you're like talking to yourself. Like, yeah, this is the good. This is the bad. This is where I'm taking things. And I'm sure there's some proud moments mm-hmm. in there. Oh yeah. All the time. That's honestly my workout sessions. It's it's wild because sometimes I just I'll just go through the like motions. Like I'm completely up here the whole time. I just I know my sets that well or something like that. But it's just I get lost (laughs) in thought when I work out, man. So I I completely understand what you're saying. The same way that you put the time in to show up for others is the same the same amount of time you need to show up for yourself. And I think as a father, it's easy. And a husband, it's easy easy to want to show up for everyone else. Like you want to go above and beyond for your kids mm-hmm. and your wife and your family and your loved ones and your work. And it's easy to want to, because you have to be that provider, you want to show up and get all those things done. But their excuse on the other side is, well, I'm too busy doing all these other things. I'm not the guy who works out. I'm not the guy who listens mm-hmm. to self-help stuff. I'm not the guy who's trying to yeah. be working on myself like that because I'm so busy doing other things. I kind of don't agree when I hear those like, oh, brother, you got the time to go to the gym now. So that's great. Nah, man, like make time for yourself. Make time yeah, to, yeah. to achieve the best version of you. Like there's no excuses, man. So if you're listening to this and like, oh, I don't want to wake up early to go to the gym because, I, 
you know, I have other things to do. Or after work, I, I feel guilty because <laughs> I feel guilty going to the gym because I should be with my family. But then what mm. about when it comes down to when you need like an, an emergency or an event where your your family and your kids need you the most, but you can't perform? Or what about your job? Like, yeah. like you said, like what if in a, a situation you can't perform because you're not in tip top physically and mental shape? And now now you maybe you can't come home, like you said, like. So if you're listening, let that let that resonate and sit with you, and I hope it makes you uncomfortable. <laughs> so uh, for me, I just I didn't give myself a choice. Um, you know, you wake up every single morning and you brush your teeth without you know you don't think about it. You don't give yourself it. You're like, oh, I don't feel like brushing my teeth. No, you just get up and do it. And that's how everyone should be, look at exercising. It's, you need to get up and you just need to do it. You know what I mean? It's it's not that hard. And if your excuse is, oh, well, I want to, you know, spend more time with my family, go do a 15-minute HIIT workout out back. I can smoke most people with 15 minutes of hard calisthenics. I will break you. Oh, yeah. An overwhelming majority of people. So it's like, don't tell me you don't have time for 15 minutes of calisthenics in your own house. It's you're making a conscious choice not to do it. And it sounds shitty, but it's the truth. <laughs> Yeah, it's definitely true. I, I did it yesterday, man. I had to go travel somewhere and I was like, I'm not gonna lie, I slept in a little bit. I got my morning routine knocked down and I was like, oh, do I have enough time to work out? Nah, I'm not gonna make it to the gym. Luckily, I got the home garage gym and I was like, tell you what, we got 15 minutes. Let's go. And I did it and I came back yeah. in my house like huffing and puffing and sweating. Like, I know everybody was looking at me like, what were you just doing, bro? Like, you were only in there for like 10, 15 minutes. I was like, I just died. Don't matter. Minutes. <laughs> it's time to go don't, shower. And don't go matter. <laughs> Yeah, man. Yeah. So let's see, man. What's what's next on on your plans, man? Obviously, I know you're, you're a police officer killing it. Uh, what's next? You've been losing all your weight. What do you want to do? Like, what what's next for Alex? Honestly, I just I just want to help people. That's it's all it is. Is I've learned so much over the past, I would say, two, three, four years, both physical and mental health. I just want to help other people learn the same thing because it's, it's very easy stuff to learn. It's just it's, it's a matter of finding some finding someone who can weed through the BS and just say, hey, this is what you need to do and then figure out what you want to do um, uh, beyond that. So I'm um, actually right now I'm doing online courses to get my personal trainer and, you know, certified nutritional coach stuff. And oh. I just plan on helping people. I just plan on helping people around me. Like I'm not charging you. I'm not going to do whatever. I'll help you do a nutrition plan. I'll help you do a workout plan. And it's mainly because I want to help people who are like me. Because at the end of the day, I can't be around my family 24-7. I got to go to work. I got to go to the doctor's office. So if my family needs to call 911, I expect someone who is competent and capable to come. And unfortunately, a lot of people who are a first responder are not capable or not competent. Yeah. So, yeah, so... That's what I'm saying. I that's why I want to do it for free. So that way you have no excuse. I will help you. I will show you how to work out. I'll show you what to eat. I'll go grocery shopping with you. I don't care. I just want to get people healthy so that way they can perform and you know, people are better overall. That's awesome. I think that's a great uh, a mm -hmm. great vision. And uh I think you could really yeah. go with that honestly. I know a couple of people who who are doing the same thing. And uh, believe it or not, yeah. you probably start your own business doing it. And you probably crush it because uh, for the for the ones listening right now, I know you can't see my man Alex right now, but uh, I probably post a link to your your Instagram or something or your Facebook because that photo of you, I think he was like standing next to a wall and you had a polo on, bro. And then it's like 
look at the photos of you now, those are two different people. Oh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's a whole pound. I was like, whole person's gone. Yeah, I was I was creeping on your on your page and I was like, yo, that's what he was looking like. Cause like I said, I haven't seen you for so long face to face. Yeah. I just keep up yeah. with you on like social media and I'm like, he wasn't that yeah. bad. He just lost a little weight. Nah, man. Yeah. <laughs> you lost a lot of weight. You said 135 yeah. pounds. So that's something that to be proud of. It's something to inspire others, right? So if you're listening and, and you yeah. can definitely relate to the story, like I, I challenge you to go ahead and reach out to Alex, man. I'm definitely going to put your oh, information. Yeah. So if somebody wanted to uh, connect with you and they're listening right now, how can they get a hold of you and follow you or just reach out to you, brother? Uh, just you know, shoot me a DM, Facebook, uh, Instagram. doesn't really matter. Like I said, I'm not looking to make any profit off of anybody. If you see something that you like, by all means, hit me up and I'll show you everything I can show you and teach you everything I can teach you. Um, if I'm not, I hope I wish you the best. Oh, yeah. And last but not least, for the individual, excuse me, for the individual who's listening right now, who's probably down in the dumps, deep in depression, maybe some anxiety, everything's going down south for them. What quick uh, words of mm-hmm. wisdom would you give them? Other than call me. Um, it's it's gonna get better, dude. It's it's gonna it's gonna get better, but you got it. You got to make it get better for yourself, though. And between you helping yourself and you actually humbling yourself and reaching out for help, you will get through it, one hundred percent. Awesome, well said, dude. I like it. I like it. Stick with us a little bit longer. Stay another day. That's yeah. what I like to say to everybody. Oh, Stick absolutely. with me a little bit longer. It's tomorrow needs you, dude. Hell yeah, man. Hey, I appreciate you coming on. I know we haven't uh, chatted in a while face to face, but we're going to keep in contact, brother. Uh, Once again, thanks for coming on the show. And everybody, thanks for listening. We'll catch you next week on Resilience on the Rocks.